Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. This is episode 460 of the podcast. I'm talking about weight loss today. This episode's actually kind of a spoiler alert, I guess, in some sense. Um, you know, from the Stoltz Fit TikTok and YouTube channel, actually. Uh, you might be listening to this on Spotify or Apple or whatever, but if you do watch the videos on YouTube, which I'm just kind of starting up, trying to pick some steam up on the visual platform, um, if you watch the podcast there and you also watch the shorts that I put on, I'm going to go through a series right now. And if you want to see it, go follow me at Stoltz Fit on YouTube and TikTok. Going through a short series talking about the five things that you need for weight loss. And I'm going one by one today in this podcast. You guys are going to get all five all in one episode. So today I'm talking about five things you need for successful weight loss. And I'll add, you know, successful in this case means healthy, long lasting, and effective weight loss. What are the things that you need to do? There's five pillars, five components that I'm going to talk about in today's show. This one's going to be packed full of good info for you and um, hopefully some actionable stuff that you can use to set up your own fat loss plan. Uh, for me personally, I want to do this episode because I started a little short two to six week fat loss phase. I usually like to keep my cuts pretty short, drop a little water, drop a little body fat, continue on with the gain train. Uh, that's kind of how I like to structure it at this point in my life, but you know, maybe at some point cut down a little bit more even if I have something to cut down for, I guess. And you know, last week I cursed it. I talked about it on the podcast about how it was a great time to train harder, you know, not really deload. My sleep was getting better because of the twins sleeping through the night. That didn't last very long. I might have cursed it on the podcast by talking about it. They're waking up a little early now. Uh, you know, we have a toddler, which he sleeps all night, luckily, and then twins. I just cursed the toddler too now in this podcast, but with the twins, you know, with there being two of them, obviously it kind of adds a whole other layer because, you know, you finally figure out one of them's sleep schedule and, you know, getting them to sleep all night and then the other one kind of wakes up. So it's always a little bit of a split shift here. I count us lucky that they actually aren't waking up a ton of times through the night, knock on, you know, knock on wood and just wake up early. I don't mind an early morning when it comes down to it, although it does affect your energy and your training a lot. They wake up 4 a.m. I know a lot of you people probably listening wake up at 4 a.m. and don't complain about it, but here I am. Um, and it's football season. I'm probably staying up way too late watching night games, and I shouldn't be doing that. But anyways, I regress. Started talking about I regress. See what I said? I just slipped that in there subconsciously, I regress, meaning in my cut, I might regress or because of the sleep, I might regress. I meant I digress, man, I digress. The start of the cut is here. It's going to be short. It's going to be, uh, you know, slow. I'm not going to really push it too crazy right now, but I am kind of changing phases for a little bit. I like to change phases every once in a while. You don't want to push anything too long, including weight gain, you know, weight loss of the same way. Um, there's some signals kind of, I saw on my own training and body that told me it was time to cut. These are things you could watch out for as well. And if these apply to you, maybe this episode's for you. The first one is that there was a little bit for the first time in a long time, like a lack of an appetite for 
you know, high calories. My calories got really high this last gaining phase, like 44, 4,500 calories per day. And that started to actually get a little tiresome to do while sticking to nutritious foods. I'm sure I could eat that many calories out of, you know, French fries and chips and dip and stuff like that. But I really wanted to keep eating micronutrient dense, healthy foods. That was a big goal of mine in that muscle gain phase to feel my best and be as healthy as possible, even while eating that many calories. So the lack of an appetite, just kind of struggling through hitting those calories and not finding anything like super interesting or delicious. That's one thing that takes a long time to get to actually, I think. The other one maybe a little bit sooner, which is lack of motivation for the goal that you're in, right? I don't want you to goal hop all the time, but if you're trying to gain muscle and gain strength and you just really get to the gym and don't necessarily care about it that much anymore and you're like not that motivated for seeing that scale weight go up, might be a good time to switch goals, but the same goes the opposite, right? If you're dieting and you don't know why, you're just trying to lose fat because you think you should, but you're not that motivated to do it, Focus on something else that you'll actually be motivated for, whether it's strength, performance, anything other than that. Because if you're doing what you're not excited about, you're probably not going to stick to it and do very well at it. And then the other one is just an overall phasing approach, like a timeline of my overall goals. So fat loss phases need to be worked into any goal, whether you want to gain a lot of weight, whether you want to gain a lot of strength, maybe want to get as lean as you possibly can. You need to work different phases into that. You shouldn't just be doing one phase the entire time. If you want to get super lean and ripped, you actually shouldn't be doing weight loss phases the entire time, right? For six months straight, you'd probably more so do like three months of weight loss, a month of maintaining, maybe a month of gaining, then another four weeks of weight loss. It looks something more like that rather than straight through with the one goal. You need to phase things properly to do those things like regulate appetite, motivation, energy for training and that kind of thing. So um, that's some things that I saw in general structure of why I needed to change goals. It probably won't last long. Um, I'll follow those same kind of guidelines the opposite way as well, especially the long timeline about, you know, the appetite's already back. I could bump my calories back up and be happy now. And uh, the motivation kind of was going both ways. So that's not a big issue, but the timeline is what really is going to dictate what I do, how I'm doing it. Um, kind of like when I do weight loss phases to keep it really basic and planned. So I don't really like to, I mean, I do track macros every day, but I don't like to just fit in any food possible into it. I kind of prefer more structure and a kind of a meal plan to ensure I'm doing my protein right. I'm eating healthy foods. I'm kind of structuring my day how I like. So really what this looks like is breakfast and lunch being the same just about every day. For the last two weeks, it has been anyways. And I'm sure I'll probably rotate some foods in and out. But essentially for breakfast, I'm eating fruit and yogurt. So a couple Greek yogurt cups and then some berries or maybe an orange or both for breakfast. That is that's it for breakfast, kind of 400 calories, 500 calories breakfast. And then lunch, I'm eating a pretty good amount of potatoes and eggs. So kind of breakfast food because I like breakfast food and it's fast for lunch. And then sometimes I'll eat like a cucumber or tomato or something with that just as vegetable, maybe an orange or tomatoes in the afternoon. And then dinner is more of a free for all, whatever fits in 
of whatever we're having. So that's kind of the basic structure on how I like to eat structured breakfast and lunch and snacks, and then a more higher calorie flexible dinner option. Um, that's pretty much what I do right now. And then trying that creamy ice cream at night almost every day as well, because that's a great way to get some protein in at night, high volume hits a sweet tooth. It kind of checks all the boxes there. Um, so that's what I'm doing. Um, long intro today, but wanted to update you guys on my own personal goals and journey and what I'm doing. And we'll get into today's episode. Now, this is five things you need to do for weight loss. So we'll start today with the fitness quote of the day, which is going to be the distance between who I am and what I want to be is only separated by what I do. I'll say that one more time just so you don't miss it. The distance between who I am and who I want to be is only separated by what I do. This is true in every area of life. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. Progress is all about actions, right? You need to focus on the actions to get you to where you want to be, not necessarily where you want to be. If you want to be very, very strong, you don't constantly just think about and visualize and imagine, you know, a 600 pound squat. What you focus on are the actions someone that does have a 600 pound squat has taken to get to that point, recovering, eating right, training right, those kind of things. If you want to be super lean, not as heavy, you don't want to have as much body fat, you aren't focusing on the end goal as much as you're focusing on what does somebody who has lost this weight or who's in this position I want to be in, what do they do daily? What are the actions they take to get there? And that's what we're talking about today more so is the weight loss side of things. What are the actions you need to do to set up a good weight loss plan? And what does a weight loss phase, and I'll call it fat loss probably, focusing on good body composition, losing body fat, what do you need to, to do that? The first one is going to be the science. This is just the basic science of weight loss. The first thing you understand is that weight loss does come down to science. It comes down to energy balance. No matter what you read or might think and your experience, I'm sorry, but that is the truth. It's a fundamental law of nature. If you are burning more calories than you are consuming, you will lose weight no matter of your hormones no matter what foods you're eating you will lose weight if you're eating fewer calories than you're burning there's a lot of nuance there though right because things like medications and hormones and genetics and all that does affect like how many calories you can eat and what that looks like and how fast this is going to be but the science is going to hold true It really is calories in versus calories out. The other big nuance here is that what matters is the average over time. It's not always, you know, I did, I was so perfect Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Why didn't I lose weight? It's because Saturday and Sunday, you just estimated, you didn't track, you guessed, you went out to eat, you, you know, skipped whole days of tracking, you had a cheat day, those kind of things really throw a wrench in it. It's what you do on average over the whole time and what you're doing consistently. So if you were in a controlled lab eating perfectly portioned food in moderation in a 
100% accurate calorie deficit, you would lose weight. I guarantee it. You need to really trust and understand the science before you can really go through anything else. Because if you don't trust that calories in versus calories out is true, you know, then you're just guessing what can you change to lose weight, to lose fat. And that's pretty much where people make their money. Any diet, um, and I'm talking about money in the fitness industry, people selling books and courses and programs and supplements. It's not about that. It's about what diet can you follow and adhere to, to achieve that, right? Any popular diet you see, keto, Atkins, zone diet, weight watchers, tracking macros, whatever, all is helping you achieve that principle of calories in versus calories out. And everything follows that. What does keto do? Keto makes you not eat carbs and eat more fat and protein, which is very filling. And you're less likely to overeat if you're not eating a lot of processed carbs because those are pretty easy to overeat, sugar, right? What does just cutting out sugar do? Well, same thing, right? You're not eating foods that are easy to overeat and are often paired with fat, right? It's things like donuts, cookies, like that's a lot of fat calories. It's a lot of sugar and they're really easy to eat 10 of them, which is, you know, 1500 calories or so. So that's really what's going on here. It's the underlying principle of every diet that works. So you need to understand that first and trust that and then learn how to manipulate that. I think a big advantage of understanding that science is not being afraid of gaining weight on vacation, not being afraid of gaining weight in actual muscle gain phases because you know that you can just manipulate the science and twist that equation a little bit in your favor when you want to to lose any body fat that you might have gained. Other people I find are very, very scared of gaining any weight back or gaining any weight at all. When you understand the science and how to change it, it's not that scary because you know you can just change a few things, be right back on track. You can do this in a couple ways. You can control with diet, eating less, or you can control through exercise or moving more, right? It's calories in or calories out. You can control both sides. So moving more would look like more cardio, more walking, more steps, and then diet would be just eating fewer calories, probably from carbs and fat, so your protein is sufficient. We'll talk about that later, but uh, that's pretty much what you'll need to do. For the most part, diet adjustments are easier, I find, like dropping calories is typically a little bit easier and more sustainable because it's only a hundred fewer a day or 200 fewer a day, which is easiest to cut out an extra cup of rice or, you know, that dessert or soda you drink or something that's easy to cut back on. It's a little harder to do a cardio session. I find for people, but walking can really be used here too. Once your calories get low to the point where you don't want to drop them lower and you might be there already, you can always move more. And that's a really big tool to help you. Again, if you aren't losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit no matter what you think. Something is pulling you out of that. It could be eating too much. It could be moving too little. But that is the fundamental science of weight loss that we need to understand first. So that's number one. I probably piss a lot of people off with that. But that is true. And number two is going to be protein, which is probably the hardest thing that you'll face. And honestly, the biggest kind of life change people have to make when they're focusing on being more fit I find protein is a big struggle. Sorry for the delay. Move my little notes down here so I could see. Um, protein's a struggle, right? 
protein has a lot of good functions in the body. Um, it maintains your muscle. So if you're losing weight, what we really want is for you to lose fat, right? And if you're just eating fewer calories and you're getting your calories from anything, even something like fruit or vegetables and not eating enough protein, you are more likely to lose muscle. And that is going to slow down your metabolism because muscle is going to help you burn more calories at rest, meaning you can eat more and still lose weight or maintain. And muscle also helps you look better, honestly, when you are leaner. So um, it has an important role there on maintaining muscle through diet. It also keeps you full. So protein is very satiating. Um, you're, you know, eating 400 calories of fish or chicken breast is a lot more filling than 400 calories of bread. You can eat 400 calories of bread before your main meal comes out at a restaurant. No problem. The other thing it does is actually burns more calories than carbs or fat while you digest it. So you're actually kind of getting bonus calorie burn through food processing in your body just by eating more protein. That's a very small sliver of the metabolism equation, but it is worth mentioning, I think. For most people, like the main recommendation in the industry is a gram per pound of body weight. I find that to actually be overkill for a lot of people. It's a little bit much, especially if you're pretty heavy. Like if you're over 150 pounds, a gram per pound, that's a lot of protein. You probably don't need that much. Somewhere around the optimal range of 0.7 to 0.8 grams per pound is more in line with what I would recommend. And the reason for that is because it's easier to stick to. And also carbs can actually go a long ways in helping you sleep better perform better in the gym and just adhere to the diet better, I find. So don't ignore carbs, you know, thinking they need to be cut out because they really don't. They're really useful. And protein at some point will start to hurt you more than help you as far as increasing that amount over and over again. Um, so one gram per pound is a little overkill, but if you just want a simple equation, a place to start, that is a good place to start. And it's certainly not going to hurt you to eat too much except for losing maybe a little bit of carbs. Um, it'll probably just help you with the satiety and metabolism portion. So that's number two. You're in a calorie deficit. You're eating enough protein. Number three isn't necessarily gym workouts. It is an active lifestyle. From my experience coaching people, it is really, really hard to lose weight effectively and in a time-efficient way if you're a sedentary person. If you sit at work all day, sit on the couch all night when you get home, sit in the car, if you have a sedentary lifestyle overall, it is really hard to lose weight. And I think that is the big reason why when people get older, they start start to see weight loss being a lot harder. It's really because as you get older, you have more responsibilities. You're a parent, you have a job, and most of that nowadays is sitting down, right? You're very sedentary. When you're younger, maybe you're in school, you're playing sports, you have hobbies, you're walking to class, you're playing outside, you're doing chores, you are more active. And, you know, as you get older, that activity does dwindle a little bit. And that's a big, a big factor in weight loss slowing down as people age. So being more active really will help you with that calories in versus calories out equation. Like you have to answer the question for yourself, would you rather take a couple walks a day or have to eat fewer calories for the rest of your life because that will be what it needs to be, right? If you are gaining weight right now or maintaining your weight, not losing, you're going to have to eat fewer calories to see your progress and 
then you're going to be lighter and probably have to maintain on fewer calories. Would you rather do that or just move more and hit a step goal, do a cardio session, play a sport, have a hobby that keeps you active and outside and moving? That is a big factor in success. I find the people that are the most successful with weight loss are the ones that move a lot, take a lot of steps, find ways to work that in their day, and um, take that really seriously. That's why I put it to number three, because a sedentary life will really kill any progress, I find. And it's really hard to stick to a strict diet forever. You can kind of change your lifestyle in a sense to just be more active. That'll stick. And then you don't have to worry about diet as much as it goes. You always have control as you diet on if you want to eat less or move more. And like I said, at some point, everyone's going to find it easier just to move more, I think. So that's number three. Number four is resistance training. Big one for almost the same reasons as protein. You're going to promote good body composition with resistance training. You're focusing on muscle growth and retention. You are maintaining your muscle as you diet. So again, just like protein, it's important to retain muscle because you're in a state in a calorie deficit that will make you lose muscle, which will hurt your metabolism and body composition and how you look and feel. So maintaining your muscle is important. Resistance training at least two or three days a week is a good place to start and will kind of take care of that. You don't even have to worry about muscle loss if you're weight training and hitting protein, I find. It'll be minimal, and it's pretty much not something you can control after that. Um, for exercise, like you're talking about, I only have this many hours a week to exercise. Resistance training is the most time-efficient and effective training for what you get and what you put in, right? So you might only have to put in two hours a week, right? Maybe it's two-hour sessions or four half-hour sessions of weight training. If you're going intense enough with enough volume, you can get a lot from that as far as muscle retention, muscle growth, strength gain, and um, even calorie burn can come from that. So it's very effective and very time efficient compared to going for an hour run, uh, you know, even other cardios or classes or something, you're getting less out of that for the amount of time you're putting in. Weight training gives you a ton back. And to touch on longevity really quickly, it also is important for longevity because Longevity is really tied to strength, grip strength, hand strength, leg strength, ability to stand up, not lose your balance. That's all affected by strength training. And, um, you know, hopefully we want to be healthy and live a long time. And that's why we're doing this in the first place. So strength training does take a big role there. The last thing we're going to talk about, number five on what you need is, I kind of cheated. I put three things in for number five, but they're all related. It's time, patience, and consistency. You need to learn to love the journey, right? The classic journeyman saying, the man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination. You have to learn to love what you're doing and those actions you put in every day. It's not about a rush and a need to get to your weight loss goal. It's learning to change your lifestyle and loving the journey that that takes you on, becoming a better person, becoming more disciplined, becoming healthier, feeling better, and you know, learning that different type of lifestyle you're now going to be living, hopefully forever, you need to stack those wins every day and remember that, right? Because it is going to take time. So we need to remember the wins. Like, did I drink my water today? That's a win. So what can I stack on top of that? Did you, you know, 
get enough sleep last night. Stack on top of that. It's this whole transform you lifestyle modification plan I talked about in last week's episode. You're stacking the wins, building it on each other, and getting excited about the journey itself instead of just the destination. As far as the destination is concerned, you need to set a realistic destination. You're not going to be Ronnie Coleman, bodybuilder. You're not going to be Brad Pitt, lean. You know, you are going to be a leaner version of you and a more muscular version of you and a healthier version of you. So set realistic goals that you can get to and achieve and be excited about. Most importantly, you have to be patient when you get there, right? Because it is going to take a lot of time and you need to be okay with that. And that's kind of where loving the journey comes in. So that's really what I want to talk about today is weight loss. It's what a lot of people want. It's what you know a lot of people struggle with. And I'm here to help you out if you want. Hopefully these five principles, pillars will help you keep the right mindset about weight loss and fitness and be able to kind of um, approach it in a healthy and sustainable way. And uh, that'll do it for today's episode. 460 episodes in of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. And I'm still having a great time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, We will join you next week again, I suppose. Be sure again to check out TikTok Stoltz Fit, YouTube Stoltz Fit. If you want to see more video content, I've done a home gym tour, talked about some home gym equipment, lots of shorts and little snippets, a couple recipes even um, for creamy ice cream and macro-friendly sauces and all that stuff, putting some more content out there, slowly growing those channels as well as the podcast. So if you could kind of move from podcast over to there, which I know is hard to do, but I would really appreciate that. And you know, you guys do have the spoiler on what all five things are I'm going to be talking about this week as far as those shorts are concerned. So thank you for listening to today's show and we will check in next week and uh, wish me luck on this fat loss phase and with my not sleeping twins.